Hello, this is Tom Edmonds, the director of Dead in a Week, or Your Money Back, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents... Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to another timey-wimey episode of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host Craig and I'm here to introduce you to our discussion about the first episode of the new season of Doctor Who, titled The Woman Who Fell to Earth. It's a big deal because it introduces a new Doctor in the form of Jodie Whittaker. Joining me from the farthest reaches of the galaxy are a brave band of northerners, I guess. Uh, Chris, hello. Hello. Andrew, hello. Hello. And Isaac, our actual northerner. Hello. And the rest of us are Scottish, but, you know, so that's in the north. Yeah, 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 well, it's like north of the north. North of the north, yes. So, like, even more northern. Yeah. All the north. Okay. So, we haven't got a lot of time here, but we have just watched Doctor Who, and we're going to talk about it. First of all, though, we'll do our usual round of Neil Before Rise Against. So, does anyone have a burning desire to go first for Neil Before? I'm going to Neil before Good Omens before any of you get a chance to kneel before it. So if anyone's watched the Good Omens trailer, the, the Terry Patrick Neil Gaiman book. Yeah, so it's, it's more like a teaser, but I'm super excited. It looks great. And it's out, I think it's early 2019. And yeah, it should be should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of silly nonsense. Cool. Uh, I've seen the teaser and thought it looked okay. Um, I don't really have any connection to the book or anything like that, but yeah, it looks fine. I likewise haven't read the book, but I've watched the trailer. Looks like lots of good fun. You've got Michael Sheen in there. You've got David Tennant. They both look like they're playing off each other quite well. So, yeah, look forward to it. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I read the book uh, uh, many years ago and really enjoyed it. So I've been looking forward to this for ages, and I think it looks like it's going to be amazing. Cool. Well, that was very quick. I like it. Let's let's continue hmm. along this thing. Uh Andrew, you had something to do. Yeah, yeah, so I'm uh, kneeling, kneeling before uh, the fact that in the next season of Krypton, we'll have as its principal villain Lobo, who, who, is, who is one of my most favourite comic book characters ever. And I think his, his addition is going to be a lot of fun. Is one, of the thing, one of the things that was lacking in the first season was a certain degree of humour. And I think having a character like Lobo... In, in there w- would rectify that somewhat yeah I agree it's very kind of like stoic in the first season um, which fits the kind of characters and stuff apart from Adam whatever his name is Adam Strange that's the one he was like the quippy one but everybody else was it was very stoic and self-serious so hopefully he'll lighten things up a bit um, I'm hoping he's not a villain and more of just a kind of an antagonist or someone who's self-serving rather than just out to get them all as such because that's kind of what he is in the comics isn't he he's, he's a bounty hunter so he just suits himself yeah 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 well I'm not, I'm not so if and if he is intended to, to to be a villain then what exactly were they going to be doing with doomsday uh, as little as possible because he's very expensive that's a very valid point <laughs> Uh, Chris, have you seen that Lobo is appearing? Do you know who Lobo is? I have seen that he's appearing. I have no idea who he is. I have not finished uh, Krypton Season 1 yet. Cool. Uh, okay, that's that. 
Isaac, do you have an opinion? Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet. Right. Chris, do you want to kneel before something like uh, I will kneel before the fact that uh, Netflix is going to carry DC's Titans uh, over in the UK, which means we get to see it. Hurrah! All those um, Americans, poor Americans, having to buy all these streaming services and we just get one. Yeah. You know, we, we get to pay for either Netflix or Amazon or both, and we get to see all the stuff, which uh, which seems like the way it should work. It seems nice and fair that way, rather than us having to buy 200 different streaming services. So, so yeah, um, it's getting added to our bundle already, which is nice. Yeah, decent. Uh, yeah, Titans, not that excited about it as a show, but hmm. cool. It's, but at least we get to see it. It's legally watchable, so we're all good. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of Titans appearing on Netflix? Do you, do you care? It could be uh, 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 quite 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 a good thing because it'll it'll uh, make it e- easier easier for us to watch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and also because I think the look this se- I'm actually quite looking forward to this series because I didn't th- think it looked that bad. Yeah, 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 so having so having something which will make make it easily easily available is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Well, if you want to cover it, cover it for Neil before blog, you are more than welcome. I may just do that. Oh well, that's not what I was expecting. Well, I don't yeah. know what to say. Yeah, it'll, it'll be as well. Assuming I can, I can beat my appalling organisational skills in, 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 into into some some kind of coherence. Oh, my persistent badgering will will offset some of that. Cool, uh, Isaac. Guessing you have no Titans opinion. Uh, no. Uh, I'm going to know before the new trailer for Star Trek Discovery which appeared today uh, as we're recording it looks great looks really interesting there's a bearded Spock at the end of it I did not expect that I wasn't prepared for a bearded Spock when he's from this universe maybe he's not maybe that's the twist I don't know but yeah more Discovery looks good Captain Pike looks cool. Yeah, dead excited. Chris, you'll have an opinion on this. Yeah, I mean the trailer looks absolutely great for that. I mean I loved the first season of Discovery. Um, I've not seen any of the little shorts yet, or the first short that they've released. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking forward to catching up with that. It um, it all looks really really good, and I can't believe it's coming so soon. Harry I'm really Klingons. excited. There's Harry Klingons. Harry Klingons and Spock's beard is is just extra hair, a theme. In, in Klingons with lightsabers, it would have seemed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> uh, Andrew, do you, have you seen this yet? Um, I, I, I was, I was aware that this had come out, and then I forgot to watch it because I think something else, caught, something else distracted me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but I, I am, I am looking forward to the second season of Discovery because uh, I. I as I did quite quite enjoy the first, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Cool. Isaac, you'll have no opinion, will you? Uh, I don't like Star Trek and never will. Let's, let's, let's not break with the theme. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, uh, that's that done. Shall we move on to Rise Against? Who wants to go first? Who wants nobody to steal their thing? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, what, what was what the... What the well, the the one the one that the one that I've picked um it, it is is a, a little bit of old news but it's the first chance I've had to to mention it here uh, this is uh, this is like the uh, the, uh, the the images uh, 
of of Joaquin Phoenix as as the Joker uh, um, appearing, um, uh, show, uh, show, show, showing him in in the Joker makeup, and it was and I, I kind of like had to look at it like several times, and then and go away and come back and look at it again, but just to try to get my head around how truly appalling it actually looks. As is because it, it just seems that the uh, every every new piece of information that that um that we that we that we get told about about this film just further cements my belief that nobody involved in making of it has the slightest understanding of this comics at all. And yeah, and 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 the fact that and the fact that that it that it exists has has gone from. Has got has gone from being a source of indifference um, to rising irritation. Fair one. Um, I'm just not excited about the film at all. I think it looks well based on the images that have been released. I think he probably looks all right as a Joker. I think Walking Phoenix could be a really sadistic and mental Joker because he's probably a bit mental in real life. Um, I also like the side-by-side comparison with the Heath Ledger one that was when someone else picks the same character as you and I beat him up. <laughs> it, was quite a, it was quite a funny one. If I can find it, it'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah, I'm not that fussed about this film. No, I'm, in, I'm in the opposite opinion. I think the more I see of uh, his joke and the make and stuff makes me more excited. I think it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the general internet consensus, doesn't it? But... Um, yeah, it looks it looks interesting. I, I don't know what they're doing with these films. It seems like they're all sort of standalone, doing their own thing, like a series of what ifs. I think it, gi- it gives you potential to do interesting things with the characters, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know tons. I've not read all the Batman comics. I don't know tons about the backstory of the character or the proper origin, so I can't comment in the way that Andrew can on that. But it just seems a bit interesting what they're doing with it. Maybe it'll be a bit off the wall. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know what to expect from it at all. And if you don't like this one, there's always the Jared Leto one to look forward to. <laughs> which may or may not be after Morbius, the other film that no one can wait for. <laughs> uh, Jared Leto, you've got such a confusing time ahead of you. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you want to go next? Uh, sure. Um, I will rise against out of sequence social media. I, I want to hark back to the good old days when stuff in my timeline arrived in the order uh, of which I chose, rather than someone curating what I want to see. You're by welcome. Someone, you mean an algorithm? Yeah, by a computer and sponsored, targeted, tick boxed things that decide that somehow I want to see that person's baby photo before I see news about the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> if I'm, I'm very sorry, but if that person's baby photo arrived after the Star Wars movie, Star Wars movie comes at the top, their baby photo comes at the bottom. I'm sorry, that's just but the way time could works. Obi Wan Kenobi as well. It could be, it could be, but I I yeah. want to be in control of my own list. I don't mind them throwing sponsored ads at the top and in the middle. I do have a problem with algorithm just throwing random stuff all over the place so that I'm suddenly seeing things from four weeks ago that I have no interest in whatsoever. I was imagining you like looking up from your laptop and shaking your fist in the air going, Zuckerberg! <laughs> <laughs> it happens more often than you would think. 
Uh, I always like to think he's watching me through the webcam and that way you can tell. Or guy that invented Twitter, whoever you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knows who that is. Twitter was like one of the last ones where you were getting your timeline in the order that stuff was received. You know, you get the most recent at the top and you would scroll down and if you wanted to see more. And now Twitter is just the same where you get stuff going, oh, we thought you would like this. And by the way, your pal liked this one. Oh, and it's like, hang on, I don't, I don't follow them. Why am I seeing them? Oh, someone else liked it. Okay, but I don't follow them either. Oh, right, okay. Ninety percent of the notifications I get on Twitter are nothing to do with me. Yep. Especially this person, this other person, more. and someone else followed the spam bot. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for that. Yeah. Social media sucks. I hate social media. Yeah, says me who's on two of them. Yeah, I hate them. Hate it. I hate that it's necessary. I hate that I have to be on there. I hate that. I just hate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not my rise against, though. Uh, Isaac, you are yours before I do mine? Yeah, uh, I'm going to rise against myself this week. <laughs> <laughs> About damn time. <laughs> <laughs> About time. About time someone took a stand. And why is uh, that? Because we did the 100th podcast thing of a jiggy, and I was asking Craig, because. I was like, oh, what's going to be like the next couple up to 100? And then we were sort of brainstorming, and then I came up with a, well, why don't we watch Venom and also the Spider-Man films up to Venom? Which means that, like, so, sorry, Chris. Sorry, no, Craig was going to watch Venom anyway. <laughs> sorry, Andrew, I guess, if you're, if you're involved. <laughs> sorry for everyone. Sorry, 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 sorry for Venom. That was on me. Yeah, we've got an extra podcast recording this week, and it's all because of Isaac. So, Isaac's oh yeah, because you want to yeah. the third one. You got the DC one, and yeah. like a coward, I'm not going to be in that either. <laughs> <laughs> so you get extra work, and I get to just swan around. Yeah, but you'll be there in the Venom one, and you will have opinions, and you will make them known. I'll have opinions. I'll make them known. Yeah. Well, it's about time. I agree. We should all write <laughs> Isaac. Yeah. Damn him. <laughs> um, cool. I am going to rise against A Star Is Born because of <laughs> Wow, okay <laughs> I did not like it I thought it was meandering well, it wasn't really meandering it was pandering garbage um, Lady Gaga was good in it fair enough Bradley Cooper he can mumble, I guess he can sing and mumble he's, he's talented but I just didn't buy into it came out of it, spoke to a couple of people and they were all like, oh my god, so emotional couldn't believe how good that was, and I was like, what? it was a similar conversation to the one that had come out of La La Land where everyone was like, that was the best thing I've seen like in ages, and I was like, what? yeah, um yeah, Star is Born rubbish, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, so come at me internet is all I have to say I have to say I haven't seen it yet, so I can't kneel before or rise against your opinion on rising against A Star Is Born. We'll revisit it in a later podcast once you have seen it, if you see. All right, okay. It. I wouldn't recommend that you do though, because it's not very good. <laughs> Andrew, have you seen it? Oh yeah, well I I have I have not. Yeah, yeah but uh, when you mentioned it, I thought you were I thought you were going going to comment on um, on on the fan on the fans of of, of that film. Uh, 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 a spamming internet with negative venom reviews. I don't think that's true. I think that's a yeah. I think that's a complete fictionalization. It's like it's like when apparently Russian trolls voted down the Last Jedi. That was the latest thing as well. It's all nonsense. 
Uh, I think the people are spamming the internet with negative Venom reviews because they didn't like Venom, perhaps? I don't know. Um, we'll discuss that later in the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isaac, or at some point in the future, internet people who are receiving this out of sequence. Yeah. yeah. Just the future. <laughs> uh, who knows? On, on the previous episode where we talked about Venom, or the future episode <laughs> in which we talked about Venom, yeah. uh, you, you will hear us talk about Venom. Yeah. In this hundredth episode, that's at some point. Well, soon. one person who does know about time travel, past and future. Oh. If we, it is a, just not to ignore that perfect segue in. <laughs> as we moved beyond uh, the other fours and rise against into the actual meat. And finally, something that I can actually talk about because it's a thing I like. And I think Isaac has just become the host. Somehow. Yeah, became Isaac accidentally became host. Yeah. Yeah, take, take it away, Isaac. <laughs> take it away. I I'm just going to sit back. Yeah. And Craig has just handed me a mini golden segue. As, <laughs> as is tradition on all podcasts, the, you get given a little mini golden segue that indicates that you are now in charge. So, continuing my lead of being in charge, because no one stopped me yet, <laughs> this week we're talking about Doctor Who. Yay! Woo! Yay. It's back, everybody. It's back. Like, Woo! an hour ago. It's back about an hour ago. Hey. So, we normally start with spoiler-free thoughts, so we will start with spoiler-free thoughts. Chris, what did you think? I thought it was an episode of Doctor Who. It, it was certainly an episode of Doctor Who. Can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't see your TV, so we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was after Country File, and it was before something else. Um, it was, it was good. I thought it was an all right episode. That's uh, fair enough without spoiling, Andrew. Yep. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I quite, I quite enjoyed it. I, I, I thought, I thought it was, it was a, a, a quite a, a, a good, a good mystery story, a good introduction to new viewers, yeah, and and uh, and. Uh, and a good beginning to a new era of the show. Cool. Hey, Isaac, what did you think? Yeah, it was a really solid opener, I think. It's sort of... Yeah, it was just proper... It was fast-paced without being that type of Matt Smith every, or every time everyone has to run everywhere fast-paced. And it was engaging, and it was a really good hour. But I, yeah, because it didn't feel like an hour. Like, well, I thought it was a, sort of the point where you hit, you're like, oh, right. That's it. <laughs> like it zoomed along, and yeah, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I liked it too. Uh, I thought it was a, a good episode. It was, it was fun enough. Good introduction to the new Doctor. Somewhat good introduction to some of the companions, which I'll come back to, I guess. Uh, yeah, enjoyable. Um, I've got a review that's 200 words in at the moment uh, yeah, that, that will be published probably about the same time as this podcast, weirdly. Um, yeah, all right. So, on that, uh, on those scintillating, it's all right comments, shall we move into the spoiler section? Jump in our spoiler TARDIS and go into the spoiler time and space vortex thing. Yes, quick to the wave rider. <laughs> to the wave rider, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, I don't know, what other time machines? Is it the DeLorean? Uh, yep, why not? Yeah, yeah, we'll all just have our own time vehicle. <laughs> I'll have one of those watches that, that makes it easy. Uh, I don't know. I've lost. I've lost this analogy. Abort analogy. Uh, let's just move into spoilers.
Right, now we can say what we want. So, I guess we should start with the Doctor. I mean, I don't have an agenda here, so I'm just making it up as I go along. Much like the Doctor. So, um, what do you think of Jodie Whittaker's first outing as, uh, as the Doctor? Isaac, since you've always wanted to talk about Doctor Who on a podcast, I'm going to let you go first with this one. Yeah, uh, I was actually thinking, like, uh, the other week, like, because he announced uh, in July, like, last year, and, and, like, everyone was, like, you know, there was debate and newspaper, like, it's the first female Doctor and stuff. It was quite a clever idea of announcing it, like, so far ahead, because, like, in the build-up to this week, like, no one's really, like, it's kind of, like, the argument has died down and passed on. And now she's just allowed to be the Doctor. And it sort of felt like she's been the Doctor for ages, and you sort of going in... Like... I should have really watched, like, a intro bit. Because I kind of, like, I, I... I remember that she'd fallen out of the tires and stuff. I can't remember too much about, like, her... That one minute, you know, that you get at the end of the Christmas special that is the new one. All she says is, oh, brilliant, and then gets... Yeah, and, but yeah, I remember that she falls out, and there's, like, some, like, smoke. And standard regeneration stuff. But yeah, like she sort of, well, lands into the episode with a bit of a bang and she doesn't really stop to breathe, really. It's, yeah. uh. Yeah, she's quite. I know she's instantly, like. All doctors like, have a little bit of a stumble, like, before they're instantly the doctor and they get their doctor moment. Uh. I'm trying to think of it, I'm trying to compare it to, like, uh, the. Uh, Capaldi or, like, Mount Smith and David Tennant ones. And definitely not David Tennant, because his was a bit. Well, he was unconscious, wasn't he, for the... <laughs> for most of it. Mm. Yeah, it's like the last two minutes, so... <laughs> it was probably more... Like, Matt... So it was Matt Smith's one, because he was... They were both very high energy, and, like, Peter Capaldi's one was a bit all over the... Like, he was all over the place, and... Yeah, Peter Capaldi's so, one was rubbish. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, but... Yeah, as a... Like, an intro story, it was very manic. And she was... And instantly in charge as well. Well, it was like, oh, well, everyone's sort of like shocked because it's in like a, a spaghetti monster thing of a jig, and like, yep, yep, she she knows what she's doing. Let's let her, let her run along. So, yeah, no, yeah, she's pretty much the doctor by the end, wasn't she? Yeah, yep. it reminded me of the eleventh hour as well, uh, in the sense that rushing around, didn't have time to look in the mirror, sort of idea, just straight into a situation that that had to be resolved. Uh, but it was also it's kind of its own thing. I think the um. The emphasis on the the companions for the first, it felt like 10 minutes. You know, you didn't see the Doctor until quite a bit into the episode, which I thought was quite interesting because you would think with them introducing a new Doctor, it would be, you know, you, you would get to see her right away, but now it's that they, they instead chose to introduce you to the companions. And the fact that you had four companions with one of them to die was was an interesting one as well. I mean, the fact is, the, the BBC are always stupid with these things, and they publicised before, you know, before this episode aired who was the three companions were going to be. I wonder if they should have done a bit of false marketing and put the, uh, what was her name, Grace, as well, as part of the marketing, so that, you know, it would be mm. a, a surprise when she died. Yeah, they did do it kind of. They said that she was going to be like a return, like a recurring extra friend, uh-huh. but not as like one of the the actual companions. Oh, so, like, oh, she'll be making a returning, like, role, which I guess was a bit of a sort of, like, a, a red herring situation. But so they sort of, like, they didn't do it too... Like, for big nerds like me who read the interviews and stuff, they had, like, kind of a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, she'll be making a few appearances. But, yeah, it wasn't, like, in the main, 
like advertisements and trailers and whatever. Maybe later on, maybe she will t- go, come back and later on, you never know. You'll be taken back to see her younger or something. I don't know, before she died. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because as I remember, I um, uh, in, uh, uh, in the the first the first episode of Torchwood, um, was, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah just because uh, in the like, in the promotional stuff and the advertising, uh, then uh, uh, in 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 of Armor, like was was featured like quite prominently. So 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 much is killed right 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 at the end in the first one. It came as quite it came as quite quite a shock, and it was all the more effective for it. I was thinking throughout the episode, oh, she seems really capable and competent. And, well, is she just going to be like, nah, I'm not up for this, I'm not going to stay here. And as soon as she was like, I'm enjoying this, I was like, she's got to die, otherwise there's no reason for her to stay behind. But, again, that's me being a victim of the kind of the advertising that I've seen. Yeah, I think there is a big problem with that, with films and TV shows sort of spoiling their own plot with sort of next week on uh, previews and, and whatever, you know. You leave a, a partial um, cliffhanger, and yeah. you end up spoiling it in the next shot when you go next time, <laughs> next week. You're like, oh, all right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but what did you think of her as the Doctor then, Chris? Uh, I thought she was all right. I mean, these regeneration episodes—the first ones after the regeneration—I don't think you can judge the Doctor based on it. I know that's the whole reason that you've invited us on that podcast tonight, <laughs> um, but I don't think you can really judge them on it because it's always the—they um, don't quite know what they're doing. They're still getting used to the body. They're never really big, punchy episodes that give the Doctor lots of depth. They're just sort of very zippy introductions where they're picking their outfit and can't remember their name and are wearing mismatching clothes and, and prodding their face going, oh, this feels different, and doing lots of body gags. So it doesn't really show us them at their full potential yet, but early impression is good. Yeah, you always get that with the regeneration episodes. I mean, you get kind of sense of what she's going to be or what she'll become. And I think, for me, the episode was a little bit too quippy, or she was a bit too quippy, and that has always annoyed me in Doctor Who. That was that's why I got to the point where I found Matt Smith unwatchable. Just everything was quip, 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 and it's like you know where she responds to everything with well, Matt Smith's Doctor would respond to everything with a sarcastic comment that's supposed to be funny, and there was a couple of those from her where it was we should take you in A and E, and she's like oh, I never go anywhere with abbreviations or whatever it was, and I was like oh, less of this please. Um, but other than that. I thought she was really good, she was really engaging, very confident. She led the show very, very well. Um, based on that one thing I've seen her in, that film, Adult Life Skills, where, by the way, I turned down the chance to interview her. Idiot. Uh, I, was, I knew she was good from that, but, the, you know, she takes the takes the reins of the show immediately and just runs with it and is really confident, really, really engaging, really likeable. And I, I, I want to see more of her, which is good. I'm not like, put off by this by any means Andrew what do you think of her as the doctor uh, yeah I, I totally uh, agree with you all I, I think she I think she did she did a, a great job I agree with Chris and in, in the in the like their regeneration episodes are um are are, are a little bit hard, a little bit hard hard to to properly properly judge how someone's go, going to Going to do as a doctor after they take over, um, 
it's not until later that they develop their, their own spe- specific uh, per- personality quirks. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but there, there are uh, the, 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 there are there are certain characteristics like the the, the each incarnation of the, of the Doctor always possesses, and I think that Jodie Whittaker uh, uh, portrayed them pretty pretty well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're just with the with the the Doctor's core ideal of 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 just always always being being somebody who who's there who's there to help. And is per- and is perfectly happy like like to like to to dive into a dangerous situation, uh, regardless of not having the slightest idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, so she definitely, or the script certainly nailed that aspect, and she was able to perform it with some degree of um, believability. So yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell what Shibnall's going to be like as a showrunner. Uh, based on this one episode, it could just be they had one great idea. But um, based on this, it, do, it does seem like it's gonna it's gonna be a bit different, you know. And it's it feels a little bit stripped back, at least for this one, because you've got well, she has no TARDIS, she has no sonic screwdriver for half of it. She's uh, you know meeting all these new people, dealing with a problem as that's already in progress. It's just it's very much straight in there. You know, thrown in at the deep end, ready to go, which is, I guess, the case with all regeneration stuff. Um, except from Capaldi's one, where it felt like he had weeks to solve the problem. And did, yeah, yeah, I said about that nonsense, the better. Um, yeah, it's, what do we make of the villain, or the, the alien menace, the, the weird. Uh, oh, Tim Shaw. Yeah, Tim <laughs> Shaw. Yeah. yeah, and the tumbleweed electric thing that he had. Just an intergalactic hunter. So, from what I could gather, what he did was he came to Earth and randomly selected a target that he would go after, which is a bit of a weird one. Yeah, it was like a contest, wasn't it? Like he was given a find this target and bring him back sort of mission. Yeah, but just a random target. It wasn't like anything important or specific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 in and in doing so, that would somehow prove that he he was worthy of leading this entire race, which would wasn't wasn't quite uh, explained to to my satisfaction. Plus, you're plus you're only allowed to hunt on Earth if uh, any random human hits the weird light show, and that's that's your permission granted for hunting. Yeah, I do like that. That's that's uh, that's neat. Yeah, it was motivation-wise, it was a bit weak, wasn't it? Um, just I'm here to hunt for some reason. I wear teeth on my face. Um, I've killed these other people. That's not too big a problem, apparently. I don't know. Uh, no one seemed that bothered. I think it was pretty scary visually, though. Oh, it was I mean, that it was, was that was oh, visually quite yeah. As someone that that hates going to the dentist, <laughs> um, that was enough. All 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 you needed was the drill noise as he stole people's <laughs> teeth. That. That, I think, would have just pushed me over the edge with this. I mean, the Daleks are meant to be scary, but that sort of alien dentistry, yeah, that, that would be enough for me. <laughs> and it was it was weird how they spent so much time deliberating over, but why is he taking teeth? And, like, my first thought was, it would be a trophy. You know, I, th- I thought he would like, be wearing a necklace of the teeth of his victims not sticking them in his face, but, you know. Yeah, and also uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom got there before you. Sorry, buddy. 
<laughs> well, also, uh, pretty much anything that, that deals with the Hunter. <laughs> the upcoming Craven the Hunter uh, film will probably do that. Yeah. Um, try, to, try to think. Villain, villain, villain. There's something else about the villain. And oh, yeah, the, the, guy, um, the guy he was hunting. Uh, I forget his name now. But. I don't know. It just—they didn't do enough. They didn't do enough with him to make me care about whether he lived or died. So he was listening to that self-help podcast thing while he was driving a crane, and I was like, "Are you special?" <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it was like a little self-help kind of thing. I knew he was going to come back into it in the way they left it on the train, where he just like scarpered off on his own. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, he's going to appear somewhere later. Either he's been implanted with something, or he's going to become key to everything later on. Yeah. Um, so you could tell that he was going to crop back up because they've been on too much FaceTime on the train. Yeah, and there was a weird cut at the conclusion as well when he kicks um, what's his name hmm. off the roof. Tim Shaw. Yeah, Tim Shaw off the off the crane. And the doctor says you had no right to do that. And then it's never brought up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was expecting a bit, a bit more from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because the, the whole, the whole, is the whole idea of moralizing um, over, 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 over the, over like, like they're, they're over everyone, everyone's right to life is something the doctor does quite a lot. And I was expecting, expecting her, her, her to, to, to give like a brief, brief speech about, about that. Um, but yeah, it was just nothing. Yeah, just you have no right to do that. All right, I'm just gonna teleport into space now. Um, that was it. So I guess, yeah, I guess the villain story could have used a little bit of work. I mean, I think they built the mystery of what was going on very well, but I think it's just a classic Doctor Who thing of once they have to start answering questions, the answers usually suck. Mm. You know, they, they can do beginnings but not endings. Yeah, I, I kind of like it's more. On, it's more focused on introducing that the companions, the dog yeah. and stuff. So the monster just like, well, we have to have a monster. We have a bit of a threat. Yeah. So they don't have, but they don't have to like. Doesn't have to really drive the story along because everyone's really just there to see what Jody and the new cast are like more than, you know, what this particular monster's up to and stuff. Yeah, but there's still sort of gaps in that story that, you know, there's stuff they should have spent time dealing with and then didn't like the whole. You know, you have no to do that thing. Um, maybe beef up the whole thing that's being hunted part, or you know, they could have streamlined it a bit by having the uh, by having Tim Shaw hunt one of the companions instead, or or whatever else. Yeah, I, and um, and and then there was uh, and it was like like the the the, the revelation, like like the, the um the, the there was a, there was aliens that had had been to Earth before. Um, yeah, 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 because with, with, with like like the with, with like that that other random guy who 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 was killed, who, whose sister was 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 um, was was abducted, um, and and it, it just it just seemed to me that like the, the that the that that was a that was a whole that's a whole a whole other storyline which just got completely disregarded. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when she asked when she asked what happens to other trophies, and he said, "Oh, they're in stasis." Yeah. I don't know. I think there might be a future episode where people are released from stasis. I kind of have the feeling that there's going to be some sideways answer to that storyline. 
but okay. I think in this episode it wasn't handled particularly well. Yeah, I kind of uh, it wasn't handled in a very Doctor Who way because normally if someone's trying to rescue a relative, they manage to rescue the relative or they yeah. manage to progress it forward. But the guy was kind of dispatched pretty rapidly. I kind of thought the people that he had quote unquote killed would be released from stasis by the end of the episode. That's what mm. I got from that line. Oh, I've not killed anyone. Don't worry. It's a sat- it's a Sunday night on BBC One. We don't have to like deal with the brutality of death, you know. And, mm. um, but that didn't happen. Yeah, it's weird. It I feels thought, like there was kind of a wrap up scene sort of missing. Yeah, or maybe a a different version where she transports back with him and releases the people, transports them back and forward. I don't know. There was maybe. there was something like that in my head, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what it is. It was okay. Uh, not a villain that I desperately need to see again. Kind of one note. Okay as a kind of something for the, the newly formed Doctor to bounce off. But probably probably not going to join the annals of classic sci-fi villains. The Daleks and Cybermen can remain secure <laughs> on their perch. <laughs> um, what about the companions? We have three of them. Uh, none of which whose names I can remember. There's a guy with dyspraxia. Oh, yeah, he's Ryan. He's Ryan. It was Ryan, Yaz, and Graham, isn't it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, 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 the 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 girl was definitely called Yaz. Um, I only remember that because because uh, uh, that's actually the, the name of my cousin. Oh. Um, but yeah, can we can we show any other two? Uh, Ryan, I think it was Ryan and Graham. I think you're you're right, Isaac, because I'm pretty sure that's what I've got scribbled down. Cool. Um, I quite like them. I mean, as a group, I don't really see them sort of bounce off each other so far. They have a pre-existing connection, which makes it kind of interesting. Those two, uh, Ryan and Yaz, went to school together and didn't realise it until they met in this episode. And uh, Graham is his not grandfather. Um. Which, you know, so there's that kind of... They have a history, which I'm hoping won't, won't reveal as... Oh, the, the time stream brought us all together type nonsense that they've tried in the past. Wibbly bobby timey wimey. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, what are the chances that some two people that went to school together would meet each other again? <laughs> and then wind up travelling the universe. Uh, I hope they don't try and pull that nonsense, because I can't be bothered with it. Also, they don't seem old enough to be like, I completely forgot what you looked like. What was it? You, Do you know what I mean? Ryan's supposed to be 19. Yeah, he's 19. Yeah. Does that mean so, Yaz so, is 19? So the, so the gap between school and what they're doing now is not particularly long. However, it was like, oh my god, I totally didn't recognise you. He specifically <laughs> said primary school, though. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think, like... Okay. So I left... Like, so say if you had like, I can't think of an example. Like, would you recognise anyone like from uni or like if you just switched jobs like two years ago? I've forgotten everyone. <laughs> I think it's like, like I can't, I can't remember anyone I went to uni with or school with or was in like a couple of jobs over. So I, I, don't, I think it's quite believable that you'd, it would take a moment, especially if you're like, you're slightly distracted because you've just seen an alien egg. To not recognise that the cop is someone you went to school with. Yeah, yeah well, well, and and uh, sorry. Yeah, 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 and and, and also, also, if, uh, if if they if they if 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 the last that they saw each other like was at the end of primary school, then then they would have been what like twelve. 
and mm. and yeah, and and from and from like Apple twelve. Was high school, not primary, but that's fine. Yeah, and yeah, and 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 from like from like twelve to nineteen, people people would change quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not buying that they're nineteen though. It does seem a bit of a stretch. Yeah. The Rose Tyler nineteen. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not nineteen. <laughs> um, and then Graham is like, I don't know, in his fifties, I guess. I think so. Yeah, and he's he's the stuffed shirt who doesn't want adventure and is now forced to have adventure because his wife is dead. Uh, so I think what will happen is it will be a hit lot, a lot of him complaining about how scary the situation is every week. Well, his cancer's going to come back, hasn't it? Like, like not come back. But I mean, like he's had cancer, he's in remission. Oh, That's yeah. not going to be like a that'll that'll make an appearance again. That'll be that'll, that'll be involved somehow. I think. Yeah, yeah, well, I I assume that yeah, uh, that, uh, that that was that was brought up. Um, t- uh, to to give to give to give a a, a, a a reason like for for him to truly appreciate being alive. I mean, because if he was if he was at a point where he was he was pretty sure that he was going to die, um, and and then and then getting past that, then pretty much every day afterwards would feel like a bonus to him. Mm. Yeah, but he's still very kind of doesn't want to. Experience excitement or whatever. He just wants to live a quiet life, uh, seek his step grandson's approval and whatever else. It's Grace who was the adventurous one, and then she died. So yeah, so I, th- I think there'll be a lot of him being like, "Oh, do we have to do this? Or are you aware of how dangerous this is, or whatever?" You know. I, I thought he was all right. I mean, it's not Bradley Walsh's fault, but I just associate him with the chase. So <laughs> it was pretty much every scene I was in. I was like, "Ah, oh, it's the guy from the chase." Yeah, I mean, he's in Doctor Who. Oh, that's quite funny. But uh, he's going to be there rolling on. It took me a little while to get used to um, Catherine Tate, to be honest, on Doctor Who. It was, oh, that, was a, that was that was that that was a, a mind adjustment for me. But I don't know whether he's going to be the same on on that or not. I think he did good. Um, it's just that your brain associates certain people in certain ways, and uh, Doctor Who isn't it for me. But you know, it, it might swap round. I think it's refreshing to have someone a bit older in the TARDIS as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because for the most part, it's young people, isn't it? Even during Capaldi's era, it's still all young companions. Maybe he's there for like not parent dynamic, but like because you got know, usually have like the they have the young like. Riding has the stuff you could do the running around and stunts and stuff. But it's nice to have sort of like another person who's in like yeah, from the middle age up to fifties thingy. He was more yeah. of a thinker and a like more or more realist and you know they'll probably be given like the more like we got a team that isn't just another person who's basically the doctor like you got with like Clara and Matt Smith or whatever. Yeah. Both, you got like oh yeah, there's like. You got one guy who's got his dyspraxia, which that's probably going to play in ways. Uh, I'm not 100 percent like like knowledgeable on dyspraxia, but he said it was like coordination, isn't he? So he's got like yeah. a he's got his own thing that's also going to go along. Yaz seems like the problem solver because I you know I really enjoyed that intro scene, which is like do this. Like why am I why am I spending time sorting this out for you children? Yeah. <laughs> when other people arguing about the car, so she's the the thinker. 
Man's probably more the doer, and then Graham being like the. I think he'll probably be more like the motivator, I guess. From that. From that sort of the end bit, he'll be like the more. Like, yes, like like Andrew was saying, like he's going to be more about, like. Like, oh, this is, you know. This is what Grace, like. Because sort of thing Grace would have said, and mm. using that as like a, a thing to yeah maybe reignite the sort of spirit of adventure that she had into himself. Yeah, plus it's going to be a bonding experience for him with his step grandson, isn't it? It's going to be them getting used to each other and accepting, or him accepting his new grandfather effectively, especially since he doesn't have his grandmother there to like to, to offset that. So it's. They have to form a relationship of some sort, I guess, because they can't avoid it because they're stuck in a very large box together. Speaking of that, I'm really enjoying that I know nothing about this series so far. <laughs> I know who all the guest stars are. You know who the guest stars are. <laughs> <laughs> that weird trailer which made me feel racist because I only recognise the white ones. <laughs> but like, yeah, because usually, because like. Maybe not even like, because yeah, I'm a big old Doctor nerd and I'll look at you know Reddit and whatever. So you tend to know like, oh, there's going to be this sort of episode and there'll be this sort of one. But even stuff like, we don't know what the TARDIS looks like and you, you expect that to have been in the trailer or we don't know what monsters are coming. Like, we know that there's no like returning ones. But like, we don't, we haven't seen any clips of like, like Lizard Man or Robot Man or anything. Yeah. Like, we're sort of like, so next week they're in space and it looks like on some sort of. Maybe a bit of a sandy planet vibe. I'm pretty sure we saw it. Sort of thing. It's so much more refreshing than. I think, especially after last year, where they announced uh, Johnson's Masters returning, like in the first episode, like no reason at all. It's like, hey, it's going to be Master and Cyberman. There's going to be this. It's all coming. Don't worry about. You know, we won't. Don't worry about having to wait. Don't worry about surprise. We'll just tell you what's going to happen. You don't even have to watch it now. You don't have to watch it now. <laughs> There's some time saved. Yeah. Go do something else. Yeah. Um, no, I think the marketing has been refreshingly Spartan. Um, I mean, it took them so long to announce when it was actually on, which, yeah. which is crazy, which might hurt it in the long run. I think maybe a little bit more pre preemptive marketing would have been nice, but... I don't know, yeah, it's good to not know, we don't know what the interior of the TARDIS looks like, as you said. Is this the first episode since the return of the show that the TARDIS hasn't appeared at all? Quite possibly. The last time it happened was midnight, I think. But did they not just get out of it at the start of the episode or something? No, I think they were starting on, like, they were, like some sunbeds. Oh, right. I know that one in a while, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, it was, like, a... a yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll defer to you on that one. I don't know. Like, it just feels like the TARDIS has been a fixture of every single episode since, even if they've not been inside it or whatever. You know, you you see them get yeah. out at the start or, or whatever else. Um, yeah. So he has, she has to find the TARDIS next week, and then I guess it will reconfigure itself and it'll have a sweet new design. Yeah. Yeah. Sound. Uh, try to think what else we can say about the episode. I'm going to put my money on now there being a console in the middle of the room. Just putting it out there, everyone. Well, no way, no way. <laughs> nah, nah, there won't be. And I think there'll be noises and something will swoosh in an upward and downward motion. 
You heard it here first. It's a very exclusive. Oh, well, based on this episode and also like the trailers, like the established shots in the trailers, this series looks lovely. Mm. Like, even the boring shots of like a train going past or like a water tower, like the really like cinematic and grand. I know because like they've said they've changed over, like they're using some like new special cameras or I'm not like a not camera guy, so I don't know too much. But like I remember like those shots of the trailers where like she's running through like the like a sandstorm and like a standard dot two corridor and stuff and sweeping over some jungle and like it looks like yeah it looks far more special and expensive. Mm. I remember the criticisms when the the Echoson series and the first Tenant series where people said it looked like it was made by students and there was that amateurish quality to it early on but um, I think that's when BBC you know, BBC drama in that vein wasn't very you know, wasn't a common thing whereas they've been trying to make more I don't want to say prestige television but they've been trying to make more like Like Game of Thrones Well, maybe maybe not like completing in that arena but something that can compete with the likes of I don't know, like the CW shows or, or whatever else you know, because you get a lot of crossover in the fandoms of people who watch these things I think since BBC America started screening Doctor Who pretty much at the same time as it in the UK the fan base really expanded and they had to take it a lot more seriously in terms of how they were making it because you know there would be it would be on at the same time as other stuff that looks pretty slick so it has to look slick. But yeah, this is one of the... I think this is one of the slickest episodes I've seen in a long time. I mean, some of the Capaldi episodes looked great as well. Um, but kind of prior to that, it, there was an amateurish quality to it, I thought. Yeah, I think I think you're definitely right, Isaac, that uh, the, some of the shots, the cinematography sort of things that they did here were a lot better than they normally do. I mean, they did actually go to Sheffield as well <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Because a lot of the time it'll be uh, Sheffield via Cardiff and London via Cardiff with establishing shots of, you know, rooftops or something. Just cannot be replicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, you know, Scotland can be done, but uh, but Sheffield is impossible. Uh, so <laughs> so they went and did it. Uh, but I think you know, especially doing that sort of uh, hilltop stuff when they were doing the the learning to ride a bike and you know, all the all the shots in the background stuff looked very neat. Very, where he throws neat. the bike like half a mile something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh you better go get that bike or train leaves in 20 minutes yeah the guy Jeez. with balance issues going onto the cliff edge in order to throw a large object um, oh, yeah. was maybe not maybe not the best uh, choice of thing for him to do but you know no. <laughs> you better not and not because we don't want you to throw the bike but we don't want you to fall over the edge yeah. um, but no no apparently he was cured for that one momentary uh, thing yeah if he just focuses all his attention. Yeah, well, I like the way they, they treated the dyspraxic thing, as in it's just something he lives with rather than it being this thing that needs to be overcome. Um, which I think is, I mean, I'm not dis- I don't have that disability or, or anything like that, so I don't really know, but I, I think it's more realistic to, to see that someone is, you know, let's find a way to sort of live with it uh, because they would have to, you know, rather than constantly feeling dour and down about it, just just part of his life, it's part of who he is That's it's kind of refreshing actually yeah, because yeah, I often find that um, in in films and TV shows that if if, uh, any, if anybody has uh, 
some some kind of condition. Uh, then then usually ends up ends up becoming uh, becoming specific to the plot, and. Yeah, yes, and 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 the, and the very and the very fact that the very fact that they have that like will like, will like, will become will be, will become relevant and 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 important in 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 some way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we have, we have, and and as you say, whereas in in this case, it was it's just it's just something it's just it's just just a part of who he is. It's just yeah. that's something he deals with. So I'm guessing in future episodes we'll just have him. He just drops stuff occasionally or whatever else. Um, just that's something that he does. Yeah. Uh, oh, I liked it when um, when it was like, oh, this is probably my fault. I pressed the button or or like I touched that thing. It's like. You would have all done the same thing, and the doctor was like, "Yeah, we did." <laughs> and everyone else was like, "No, not me." <laughs> was like, "Nah, totally, definitely would have touched it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, big, big shiny coffee button. Hell yeah, I'm pressing that. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? It was a bit. Um, Graham was like, "There's no such thing as aliens." It's like, how can anyone on Earth say that now? You know, in in this universe. Yeah, all all. Well, I don't think it was. It was so much saying that there wasn't any such thing as aliens. It's just, just that he actually said that. Did he say that line? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just because because later on than that certainly um, there there was a line of like aliens aliens do like don't come to Sheffield. Yeah. yeah which I which I which I took as like as like as a slight a slight dig of of um at apparently 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 London be, be, being the centre of the known universe. Is it Chibnall from Sheffield? Because he took put a lot of digs at Sheffield in this episode. Uh, it might be, yeah. What was the other one? It was like, have you seen anything out of the ordinary? It's night shift in Sheffield. Everything's out of the ordinary. <laughs> you also had the drunk guy walking the street throwing kebab oh, salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say like, because he had so much salad. Like he must have bought like a little bit of burger, and then he had like an entire tomato with like. Yeah. He had that small disgusting bag of salad that he was just tossing at the alien. He deserved now, to die. He, that was now, just being a dick. Now Sheffield knows how we feel when people come up and deep fry our uh, Mars bars <laughs> and uh, do all the tartan clad stuff. It's like, yeah. That's it. But Time it's, for it's the northern stereotypes to reign supreme. It's good to see that side of life represented though. Someone's walking back steaming on a Friday night with his takeaway doesn't want the salad throws it at some aliens as you would <laughs> so I don't think we much else to cover really yeah. we didn't get to hear much of it we got like a bit of the music at the end and it's nice and sort of boomy and bassy but I suppose there's like a weird kind of John Pertwee-ish like kaleidoscope thing going on I, liked, I suppose we'll have to wait till next week. I liked that the Doctor's intro was to the classic theme. Yeah, I had like the start, like sort of just background, like the, the sort yeah. of stuff going on. Push that was good. The train roof. I actually thought the score of this episode was stunning as well. Um, maybe I was just a bit more sick of Murray Gold than I thought I was. Because yeah, um, he's gone now, hasn't he? Yeah, so it's a new composer and it, it, it adds to the freshness because, I don't know, as good as his music was, you would have that moment in the episode where the Doctor would be introspective and emotional and you, the music would swell to the point where it's like, listen up guys, this is going to be a moment. But it felt a bit more subtle and just woven in. You know, and it, 
where there, were, there was a lot of it that heightened the tension or, or increased the urgency and I, mean, I, I pick up on scores quite a lot in, in films and TV so that really stood out to me I thought it was really really good don't know who the new composer is but whoever is go that guy or girl I don't know whoever no, I think composer. it's a guy yeah. uh, so have we got anything else to cover any final thoughts Chris, final thoughts? Um, I will do my typical TV show review talk and I will say oh. I look forward to seeing where it's going. <laughs> I on, I'll find the clips. <laughs> <laughs> Chris hasn't actually been here for several podcasts. Yeah. He's stitching it together. It I, I, right. just, I just yeah. record generic uh, intros <laughs> to different shows and then Craig edits me in. Yeah. <laughs> no one's noticed so far. Yeah. He wasn't actually on the live one. No one could see him, so he wasn't actually <laughs> The cardboard cutout. Yeah. Andrew, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, actually, I'm, I'm pretty, much, pretty much the same. I'm, I'm just uh, looking, so looking, for, looking forward to, 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 see, to seeing, seeing lots of new, weird and wonderful planets and, and bizarre alien races, all of whom ha- have, 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 have at least some physical or psychological human characteristics. I think you've just described a sci- an episode of a science fiction show in general that features aliens. But yeah, uh, Isaac, final, what's your final thoughts? I'm just really glad it was good. Like, let's <laughs> go, guys. Doctor Who's back, and that's it. It's so a one show that I've, I can actually talk about. So, but it's good, and I'm back. It's great. We'll, we'll be Bring back at the finale to talk. Yeah, about back at the from. finale. Yeah, probably. Um, Probably. <laughs> I, I just agree. I think it's uh, yeah, it was a good episode. I'm excited to see where the season goes. I'm quite encouraged by the fact that they're not shoehorning in a long season arc. Uh, apparently there isn't one, so that'll be nice. Because they always suck. Bad Wolf? It's just some letters spread across time and space. Torchwood? We're just going to tell you what that is in like the second episode of the season. And then we'll just mention it as if it's a mystery. Saxon, we all know it's the master. Let's get on with it, <laughs> you know, etc., etc. Et um, so I'm glad that there's none of that. Oh, what's that word mean? <laughs> you know, sort of nonsense. Uh, it just bugs me. Or um, yeah. Oh look, hi, dead person. I'm I'm bringing you here because I want to get back at the doctor eventually. Uh, screw that. But uh, I digress. Yeah, good episode. Good new doctor. It's good to see that none of the chatter on Twitter is about how it sucks that the Doctor's now a woman. I think you're right, Isaac, that this whole the conversation has just moved on now. No one cares. Or there'll be some people that care, but, you know, no one seems to be out and out bothered about it. And why would they be? I mean, it's just... It's nothing. Nothing's really changed, which is fine. So I think on, on that note... Uh, go back to our respective time zones and planets and whatever else. Pack in the kitchen. Pack in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, so Isaac, thanks for being here. Thank you. Andrew, thanks for being here. Anytime. And Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you, Craig. And we're off. That was our discussion of the first episode of the new season of Doctor Who. Thanks to YouTuber Connor Hickling for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. iTunes users, please leave us a star rating and a comment to share the love. As always, we hope you'll join us in the next Neil Before Pod.